Okay, everybody. Well, as you can see, there are many things leading us into this fall as we seek to grow deeper in our apprenticeship with Jesus Christ. Uh, just a heads up, two things. We are not going to do Q&A today because right after this service and after the next service, we have a congregational meeting. And so uh, it's going to be most likely a short meeting. If you are a member or if you just want to figure out what a congregational meeting is like, uh, we need you to, when you're done, just walk straight into the next room and uh, you'll be led into that meeting to discuss, uh, to make a, a vote on uh, a vice president of our council. So we encourage you to do that after the service. Let's pray before we get going, shall we? Holy God, we recognize that you were here even before we got here. Uh, you created this day. Every color we see, every smell we smell, every sound we hear, your word, the scriptures, your incarnate word, Jesus, the spirit of Christ present with us right now, we are part of something supernatural that is happening right now, not just here, but all over the world and the body of Christ gathered. And Lord, we are so grateful to be a part of your restoration. And we're so grateful to be a part of your family. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who's investigating who you are, I pray that they wouldn't leave here without knowing that you are crazy in love with them, and we are as well. In your name we pray, amen. Let's get right to it. One of the most powerful verses in the, all of the scriptures, kind of one of the big ones, is Romans 1.16, and I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to read it together twice, because it's so big and so good. All right? Let's read it together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. One more time. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You may be seated. So a verse like that is a really big deal. Paul is saying he's not ashamed of the gospel. Gospel is kind of a churchy word. You may have heard that uh, in your life often and wondered what in the world does that word gospel means. Well, it essentially means, I'm going to give you the easiest answer. Let's say you're on a, in, an, in an elevator and someone turns to you and says, you know, Bob, Sue, today I'm wondering, what is the gospel? Your easiest answer right there is one word, Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. There is nothing about Jesus that is not the gospel. And the gospel is encompassed in who Jesus is. Gospel means good news, and Jesus is the good news. Now, if, you're, if you want to go two words, you could be reminded by the meaning of Jesus' name. God saves. Jesus means God saves. So the gospel is God saves. And who does he save? How does he save? He saves through his son. But if you want to get really deep, and if you're thinking, oh, Pastor Brad, I need a little bit more, let me give you what one of my favorite Bible smart guys says. You'll see it on the screen. N.T. Wright, he says, the gospel is the royal announcement that the crucified and risen Jesus who died for our sins and rose again, according to the scriptures, has been enthroned as the true Lord of the world. So you could, from that, one of the things I love about that and why I wanted to share it with you, because the gospel can't be separated from the fact that not only is Jesus the gospel and God saves through Jesus, but Jesus is king. Okay? There are all kinds of leaders around the world, but there is only one king who is the king of all kings. And so Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, has not only died for us, but he has been resurrected and that he has paved a way 
through death for us, and all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Everything has been created by him and through him and for him. That is really good news. Because when we look at all of the leaders who have come in this world and all of the leaders who might come, we might get a little discouraged because I don't care who you would vote for, they're going to disappoint you at some point because there's only one king of kings. And you would think that if God has chosen to save, and the one he has chosen to save through is Jesus, you would think, well, my goodness, that is really good news. I should probably share that. That actually might change someone's world if they knew that good news and knew who that good news is. But we get a bit tied up, don't we, when it comes to sharing the good news. Sharing the message of salvation, that God has rescued us. He has chosen to save us. Often, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to be uh, uh, provocative for a second. Often, our sharing of the good news kind of comes across like this. I don't really like you. I hate your politics. I hate what you believe. And I hate your sexuality. But I have some really good news for you. Now, how's that working for us? It's not working very well, I don't think. Mark Russell, in his book, Missional Entrepreneur, actually tells of a study. It was a, a doctoral dissertation, I believe. It was performed on two different missionary teams that were going to the country of Thailand. But they went to Thailand with two distinct missional strategies. The first team he calls the converters. The converters went with the sole intention of converting people or evangelizing everyone around them. The second team he calls the blessers. The blessers went with the intention of blessing people. They would say, I'm here to bless everyone who comes my way. Or I just want to be a blessing to the people in my community. Now you might think, all right, once the... One group is the lightweights. The other group are the real hardcore soldiers, right? All right. The study followed them for a couple of years, and this is what they discovered. First of all, they, discovers, they discovered that the blessers had a greater social impact than the converters. This proved out that the first team's intention of blessing the community around them resulted, actually, in tremendous amounts of social betterment, and social good. We would hope that that would be a product of that, of course. Secondly, though, and here is what was most surprising, they discovered that the first team of blessers also had 50 times as many conversions as the converters. The blessers helped 50 times more people find their way back to the God who saves. So, what do we learn here? Do we want to be blessers at Faith Covenant Church? Or do we want to be converters? The best way, bottom line, the best way to share this good news of Jesus Christ is to become a blesser, not a converter. And this should come as no surprise to us. From the very beginning, if we go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we learn God's way to change the world has been through a blessing strategy. Once sin began to infect our world, this cosmic cancer we call sin, God birthed a blessing strategy. And again, you might be thinking, oh, come on, Pastor Brad, you're playing kind of lightweight here. Not at all. Genesis 12, God speaking to Abraham, one of the big deals in all of our faith, Abraham, God uses the word bless. Note how many times he uses it. God says to Abraham, I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And get this, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, how in the world can all the people of the world be blessed through one dude? How in the world is that possible? Well, let's do this. Here's the way I remember this. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right? So Abraham is that first guy we were talking about. God says, I'm going to bless you, and all the people of the world will be blessed through you. Abraham and his wife Sarah have a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob's name is at one point changed to anyone? Israel. Israel slash Jacob has 12 sons. Those 12 sons become the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. Out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is one named Judah. And out of the line of Judah is born Jesus. Jesus is that blessing that blesses all things. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. We are part of that blessing. So we could say we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God's eternal blessing, a blessing that brings salvation, that brings rescue to all who believe. You and I, we are children of the blessing. We're children of God because of the blessing that was accomplished through Christ. We then are blessed to be a blessing. You have been born again through Christ to be a blessing. But we get so tied up in knots in the church because we think we're, ta- we're, we're called to be converters. We're not called to be converters. We're called to be blesses, blessers. Only God changes the mind and the heart of any human. So over the next five weeks, we are going to explore what it means to be a blesser. And bless is an initiative. It's actually birthed out of our denomination. And churches all over the Evangelical Covenant Church are doing this campaign. It involves five missional practices, and it makes those missional practices very, um, very practical for every one of us in the room. The first practice of B-L-E-S-S is begin with prayer. B, begin with prayer. Why do we begin with prayer? Well, disciples of Jesus are apprentices of Jesus. They're learners of Jesus. And get this, Jesus was God in the flesh, but Jesus is also fully human. And so if we're going to know who God is, we need only look at Jesus. But also, if we want to know what it means to be God's intention for humanity, we need only look at Jesus. And Jesus began with prayer. If God's intention for humanity is, out, is, is, is best seen in Christ, our understanding of what it means to be human is found in, in Christ. And Jesus began with prayer. Example. Uh, you've heard the story. Jesus goes out into the, out into the desert, and he, he faces Satan. Luke 4 tells us, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what we know about that journey is he eventually encounters the enemy. He encounters Satan. But up till that encounter, what is he doing? He is fasting, and he is praying. And so we're called to pray as well. And if we go just two chapters later in Luke, we read this. Verse 13 of Luke 4 says, um, uh, verse, uh, forgive me, Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Spent a whole night praying to God. Why was he praying? Because he knew the next day big decisions were happening. After that night, what happened? Verse 13 of that same chapter. When morning came, he what? He called his disciples. He called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them, and he designated them as apostles. Apostle means sent ones. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Now, If that had been me, and I knew, okay, I need the next day to choose 12 people to be on my team, to learn from me, 
to be a part of God's restoration process, the first thing I would have done is probably, and I don't know if you may, just give me grace here. The first thing I would have done is probably skip the prayer part, get a really good night's sleep, you know, probably make a list. Uh, okay, so who do I, who's in my circle of influence? Okay, let's take the smartest, uh, the brightest, the most handsome. You know, I'd, I'd have all these different types of measures by, uh, by whom I think should be on God's team. And here's the deal. This is one of the re- main reasons we pray is, guess what? Uh, God's ways are not Brad's ways. And God's ways are not your ways. God, the way God thinks is perfect. The way Brad thinks is often uh, dumb <laughs> and, and, and ends up uh, driving the life into a ditch. And so I need a God who's smarter than me, and so do you. Now, prayer, you'll see this on the screen, prayer is how we do the mission. And it's how we discover the mission. Prayer is how we do the mission, and it's how we discover the mission, because God's ways are not our ways. And here's the good news, but maybe even a warning I need to give you. When it comes to prayer, once you start praying to be a blessing, you're going to be led to places you could never get to on your own thinking. And supernatural stuff will start happening in your life. I think ultimately that's what all of us want to get in on. If God is love, don't, forgive me. If God is love, don't we want to be a part of the supernatural love stuff? Don't we? Absolutely. And so to get there, we have to pray. If there is a God and his, and he is the God of love and we are to be a part of his blessing, don't we need his counsel? Now, my mentor in blessing is my dear wife. <laughs> and uh, God, I see Jill, I see God use her every single day to bless others. And so I'm going to let her come up and share just a little bit. Give her a big round of applause. Hi, my name is Jill Kindall. I would love to share with you a few stories from my life of when I prayed for a divine appointment and God answered my prayer. About five years ago, God gave me two words to dive deep into. Those two small words have great significance. Those words were trust and rest. Trust and rest. Trust and rest. What are the words? Trust and rest. One more time. Trust and rest. Okay. You see... It is when we fully trust God with our lives, taking our hands off the steering wheel, that we can rest in knowing he is in control. Did you follow that? Watch the hands. You can do this with me, okay? It is when we fully trust God with our lives, taking our hands off the steering wheel. Here we go. Steering wheel hands off the steering wheel, that we can rest in knowing God is in control. Do you see this picture of my hand? Well, a few years ago, God woke me in the middle of the night with a new word, and that word was rely. I turned on my light, reached for a pen, and wrote this on my hand in the middle of the night so I wouldn't forget. I wanted to see that in the morning. Um, The word rely means depend on with full confidence. I am 100% confident that I can rely on God. These three powerful words, trust and rest and rely, have been a huge part of the journey in my sharing my faith with others. Let's do those things one more time. So we have trust. What is it? You're like driving the bus and your hands are now off the steering wheel. Rest 
and rely. What can we do for rely? It's like you're falling back into a whole bunch of feathers or pillows or something, okay? So you're relying, okay? So we have trust. I'm going to watch you. Trust, rest, and rely. You're falling back, okay? All right. You see, I begin each day with prayer. I pray every day for a divine appointment. And it goes like this. God, use me today, wherever I am, to be a light and to point others to you. Open my eyes so I can see. Open my ears so I can hear. I pray for a divine appointment with someone today. You might be thinking, well, sure, she can pray like that. And um, maybe she's bold enough to do something like that. But I could never do that. My response would be, oh, yes, you can. Step back. Trust. Rest and rely and watch God work through you. Last February, we took a trip on a plane. I had prayed for a divine appointment. As we walked to the very rear of that plane, to the very last two seats available on that plane, we discovered that we were sitting next to a little girl. I whispered over to Brad and asked him to begin praying. It didn't take long to see that God had placed us there in the back of that plane with this little girl for a reason. You see, she was a foster child being flown to a new home to be with a new family. We had a delightful time together. We laughed. We colored pictures together. We even shared our snacks together. And she even shared one of her headphones with me so I could watch a video with her. Most importantly, I was able to share that God is crazy in love with her and that she has a heavenly father that will never leave her. What an amazing gift that was. A few weeks ago, I was walking into a grocery store. I passed a woman as I approached the entrance of the store. And suddenly, my feet stopped me right in my tracks. I knew this was a divine appointment. I looked at the lady, our eyes met, and I saw pain in her eyes. And I knew that her heart was aching. I asked if everything was all right. And she said she had just flown in that morning from Chicago for a funeral. I said I was so sorry for her loss and asked if I could pray with her. The next morning, the next moment was so beautiful. She wrapped her arms around me, and with tears in her eyes, she said, Yes, please pray, please pray. After I prayed, she said, God is so good. I needed that prayer today. I was just feeling so down. And, oh, could you please pray for my knee? So we prayed. We continued to hug and smile, and we shared scripture verses of encouragement with each other. What a blessed moment that was. Last week, I was going into a store to get an ink cartridge for our printer. I thought I had just enough time to run in and run out. But God had other plans. As I prepared to pay, the high school-aged employee behind the desk shared that she was working there for a summer job and would soon be starting a different school in the fall. She continued to share about her life as if I were her best friend. She mentioned that she had been expelled from her two previous high schools, made poor choices in the past, and had given her mom a lot of pain and a lot of trouble. I was amazed how open she was with me. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this divine appointment, but I guess I was. There was no one else behind me in line, so I prayed quietly that I would be bold, knowing that God had shown me what it is to trust, rest, and rely on him. I continued in our conversation and asked her if she would like prayer for the new school year. She said, oh, yes. I reminded her that she didn't walk alone, that God would be by her side, at her side, and on her side. I believe we had a divine appointment that day. I left there thanking God for slowing me down to be available to listen 
and to be blessed. And it was such a blessing to be a part of that beautiful conversation. You see, I'm just an ordinary person, just like you. I'm just an ordinary person, just like you. I'm an ordinary person that has allowed God to use me to do extraordinary things. And that makes me excited. I share these stories with you today so that you can be encouraged to experience this in your life as well. Do you remember those three words? What were they? Let's do it. Trust, rest, and rely. I encourage you today to begin praying that the Lord would spark a fire in your heart for prayer. It all begins with prayer. You see why she's my blessing mentor? (laughs) Thanks, honey. So I don't really need to tell you anything more other than challenge you to do something. And so here's my my prayer, uh, be in prayer challenge for all of us this morning. If you would, take out the blessing insert in your uh, folder. And uh, if you'd, uh, on the front, you just see what the, the five initiatives are. But if you open it up, on the first page, you see uh, where it says, begin with prayer, turn to God. It says, create a prayer list. Create an intentional prayer, li- prayer list. Who's on that prayer list? Well, whatever your circle of influence is, this is friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, coworkers. This is whoever God is placing on your heart. Right now, you have people in your life. What we're going to do in just a second is we're going to take a minute, and I want you to be sensitive to whatever God might might lay on your heart right now, and I want you to write their names down on both columns on the right side of the fold-out there, okay? One one side uh, you're going to tear off and turn in in just a moment. The other side is for you to keep at home to begin your day, to begin in prayer for these people, that you would be a, be a blessing in their lives on behalf of the gospel. You don't have to uh, use their last name. Just make sure you use a name that you know wh- whom you are identifying here. And so I'm going to stop, and I'm actually going to give you a minute. <laughs> and uh, uh, we will be silent for a minute. I'm going to ask you to pray into this and uh, and write whoever God lays upon your heart. You can continue to write while I I talk. Um, Here's a challenge. You'll see them. You have a daily challenge and you have a weekly challenge. The first challenge is this. God, use me to intentionally bless the people you've laid on my heart today. There's not a person in the room that can't pray that prayer every day. And then secondly, share the stories with the people in your circle, people in your life, your church community, of how God is using you 
to bless them. Share the blessing stories, just like Jill just did. They're encouraging to the family of God. And you're going to be amazed. Maybe even with the person you, uh, some people you live with, you can share those stories with your kids, with your spouse, uh, with your parents. Uh, Share those stories. How, How did God use you to bless someone today? Give glory to God by sharing your stories. Now, along the way, um, there's a very good chance that you might come across some people in your world that uh, you're blessing, that are in your circle of influence, and they have some spiritual questions. And you might wonder, okay, where could I point someone if they have spiritual questions? Well, we have a ministry at here that is kicking off in just a couple of weeks called Alpha. And if you're wondering what Alpha is, we're going to start with this video. Watch. If you would take out this second insert in your worship folder. This is for you and or anyone in your circle of influence that you would like to invite to Alpha. Now, who is Alpha for? Alpha is for anyone who has spiritual questions. Anyone. This might be your son, your daughter, who's a skeptic. It might be someone who's brand new to the faith and really wants to begin the journey of what it means to grow in Christ. Uh, it might be someone who's been a Christian for decades and their faith, it kind of needs, uh, the, the, fa- the flame of faith needs to be fanned. Or it might be you because you would like to become better equipped to help walk along someone and help them grow in their relationship with Christ and become a disciple. My challenge to everyone in the room is at some point over the next t- nine months, you take Alpha. Alpha starts on uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. September 26th. You can register online. We hope to see you there. There's a free meal. Free meal. There's a free meal. There's a great video, and there's a discussion time where no question is a dumb question. All right? I'm going to ask one of our ushers to come and grab uh, these, these cards. If you'd take a moment and tear off the outer part of the card you filled out and pass that to the center of the uh, room there. And then if we can come down and just pass those and put them in this basket. And Sally, when you're done, I'm going to ask you to bring that basket up. One more. The staff and I will be praying over these this week. I'm going to pray for it right now. Let's pray. Holy God, we recognize there's not a name here for whom you did not die. You gave of your son for every one of these names. You are crazy in love with every one of these names, every person in this room, every person outside this room. And Lord, we pray that we would be a part of the great blessing 
that is the gospel, the good news that you have come to save us and to rescue us so that we might be a part of your kingdom of peace that has no end. God, we are grateful for the gospel, and we are not ashamed of the gospel here at Faith Covenant Church because we know that it's all a blessing to this world. God, use us to be a part of your blessing. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're just about done here. We have people who would love to pray for you right now. Uh, If you have something on your heart that needs prayer this morning, there'll be a couple people down front here. They'd love to pray for you. Uh, Also, uh, encouragement to join us, part of the congregational meeting. Uh, Just keep going through the doors and you'll see that. And uh, I am going to give us a benediction here. So, go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Proclaim the gospel where you live. Serve the Lord with gladness, with deeds that speak the language of blessing and love and mercy. You are being sent in the power of the Most High God. May the God who raised Jesus from the dead bless you. May the God to whom our Lord ascended make his face shine upon you. And may the Spirit, who is the unity of love between the Father and Son, grant you peace today and forevermore as we go out in the name of Jesus and his gospel. Go in peace. Have a great week. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's kind of fun to be cramped in here together. You know, I call it church camping. A couple things before we get going. First of all, uh, there's no Q&A today because right after the service, there is an all-congregational meeting uh, uh, to vote for a council member. Right after the service, all you have to do is walk straight through those doors into the next room, and that will be a short meeting. We invite you to be a part of that. Uh, There will be a vote, so members especially, uh, we encourage you to be a part part of that. Let's pray before we get going. Lord, we are grateful for... You're calling on us right now. You have something supernatural in store for us. You have the most natural thing in store for us, and that is to be empowered by you to live this life and bear fruit in this life. Lord, we invite you to transform our hearts and our minds so that we become more and more like Jesus. Come, Lord God. And help us know what you want us to do. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Help us hear well this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to get our brains thinking real quick. I'm going to get you back up on your feet for one of the most powerful verses in the New Testament. Please stand. We're going to read this together. Romans 1.16. Let's read it twice, shall we? Let's read it boldly. For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. One more time in case you missed it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You may be seated. So a verse like that is a really big deal, everyone. Paul, the apostle who wrote the book of Romans, which is an amazing pinnacle, uh, like the Mount Everest of the New Testament. uh, Paul writes this. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, you've probably in your life heard this word gospel uh, many times in Christian context. Maybe you know what it means. Maybe you don't. I'm going to make it simple. If someone ever asks you, What does the word gospel mean? You only need to give one answer. Okay? Here it is. Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. Everything about Jesus is the gospel. There's nothing about Jesus that is not the gospel. Gospel means good news, and Jesus is the good news. Now, if you want to be reminded, okay, Pastor Brad, I'd like one more word at least. Then I'll give you one more word. You could say you could take the meaning of the word of the name Jesus and use that as an explanation of the gospel. You could say, well, the name of Jesus means God saves. So the gospel is God saves. 
Okay, that's really good news, isn't it? And if you really want an in-depth understanding of what the gospel means and you you just want kind of one sentence, I'll give it to you. One of my favorite Bible smart guys puts it this way. N.T. Wright, he says, the gospel is the royal announcement that the crucified and risen Jesus who died for our sins and rose again, according to the scriptures, has been enthroned as the true Lord of the world. The reason I give that to you is because part of the good news is not just that Jesus is your friend. Part of the good news is that God has saved through his son and his son is the king. There are a lot of kings throughout the history of the world, but there's only one king of kings. Jesus says, and we're going to get to this in, in just a few weeks, but Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority has been given to our king who has died for you, who has risen again and paved a way through death so that we might be a part of his eternal kingdom of peace forever. Now, that is pretty good news. Now, that's really good news, isn't it? It's really good news that Jesus is the king and that Jesus saves. And it seems to me that that would be news worth sharing. If you didn't know something like that, you'd think, well, hmm, wow, this, this might be something that would be good to know. There are probably some people in your world that don't know that good news. But How do we get tied up in knots in this? Because we do get tied up in knots, don't we? The reason we get tied up in knots is because we think it somehow needs to be shared like this. Hey, listen, uh, I have some, well, I don't really like you. And uh, I don't really like your lifestyle. And I don't really like your politics. And uh, I don't just, I don't agree with you with much, uh, just about anything. In fact, I hate just about everything you believe. But I have some really good news I'd like to share with you. Now, how's that working for you? It doesn't work very well, does it? Mark Russell, in his book, Missional Entrepreneur, tells of an actual study that was performed on two different missionary teams that were going to the country of Thailand. But they went to Thailand with two distinctly different missional strategies. The first team he calls the converters. And they went with the sole intention of converting people or evangelizing everyone around them. The second team he called the blessers. And they went with the intention of blessing people. They would say, I'm just here to bless whoever comes my way, or I just want to be a blessing to the people in community, in my community. And the study actually followed these two groups of people over a couple years in Thailand. First of all, they discovered that the blessers actually had a greater social impact than the converters. This proved out that the first team's intention of blessing the people and the community actually led to, quote, social betterment and social good. And we would hope that that would come from a group of people who have come to be blessers. Secondly, and here's what was very surprising, they discovered that the first team of blessers actually had 50 times as many conversions as the converters. The blessers helped 50 times more people find their way back to the God who saves. Hmm. So what do we learn here? Well, bottom line, the best way to share the gospel, the best way to share this good news is to become a blesser, not necessarily a converter. And this should come as no surprise to us, right? From the very beginning, way back to the book of Genesis, We meet a man named Abraham, and we discover in Abraham that God's way to change the world has been through a blessing strategy. Once sin began to infect this world, God intervened to bring restoration, and he starts with a guy named Abraham. And in, in Genesis 12, God unveils his strategy. I want you to note the word bless. In fact, hold your hand up and, and count how many times you hear it, all right? One, two, three, four, whatever. Uh, Genesis 12, 2, 3. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a? I will bless 
those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, think about it. Maybe you're asking the question, how in the world can all the peoples of the earth be blessed through one dude? (laughs) Here's the way I remember it. Start with three names. There's Abraham. You already heard his name. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob's name became Israel. Israel had how many sons? Twelve sons who became the twelve tribes of Israel. One of the sons was named Judah. And out of the line of Judah came the lion of Judah, Jesus. Jesus is the blessing that came through the line of Abraham. So, we are part of that lineage. You are actually, uh, Jesus is, we are the children of Christ. We are the brothers and sisters of Christ. And Jesus is that blessing that actually never stops blessing. It is an eternal blessing that we participate in. So we could say we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God's eternal blessing that brings salvation, that brings rescue to all who believe. So we might even say we are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. And over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we are going to participate. We're going to explore what it means to be a blesser. Bless, B-L-E-S-S, is an initiative that covenant churches all around our denomination are doing. And in it, we get five missional practices that are actually very practical on how to join God in being a part of God's strategy to bless and transform. And the first one, the B, is begin with prayer. Now, why do we begin with prayer? Well, disciples of Jesus follow in the footsteps of their master, right? Disciples are apprentices. We learn from Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. So if we want to know what is God like, we just look at Jesus. But also, Jesus is fully human. So if we want to understand what it means to be human, we actually need only look to Christ. Okay, so we look to Jesus to understand who God is. We also look to Jesus to understand what God's intention is for each of us. We are made in God's image. And what did Jesus, one of the, one of the things that Jesus do? He prayed. Jesus began with prayer. And we see this right in the beginning of his ministry. Luke 4 tells us, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And if you know that story, you kind of know that near the, uh, the end of it, he has this encounter with, with Satan. But what was he doing for the rest of those 40 days? He was fasting and he was praying. Okay, so if we're going to have an encounter with the enemy, we need to be people who are filled up and prayed up along the way. We also know two chapters later, when Jesus is getting ready to make one of the most important decisions of his life, what happens? Luke six twelve. One of the, on, one of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray, and spent the night praying to God. And after that night of praying, what happened? He picks the 12 disciples. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. There's a bunch of disciples, a bunch of followers at this point. Then he picks 12 of them, and he chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, uh, who betrayed him. Now, I don't know about you, but if tomorrow... I had to choose 12 important people for propelling the ministry of whatever. I would be tempted to get a good night's sleep, right? Get a good night's sleep. And probably before I went to bed, maybe I'd I'd, uh, make a list of the smartest, 
the most handsome, strapping dudes in the neighborhood to bring them a part of my journey. But here's the deal about God. Guess what? God's ways are better than Brad's ways. They always are. And guess what? God's ways are better than your ways. One of the reasons we pray is because God's ways aren't our ways. And so we have to stop. We have to put on the brakes and say, okay, before I start doing something my way, I want to do it your way, Lord. Lord, what is your way? Help me discern what you want me to do. I want to let you lead me by the power of the Holy Spirit into being a part of your blessing. If we're to join Jesus on his mission, if we're to be a part of the supernatural thing that God is doing in the world, if we want to be a part of the great adventure that comes in following Christ, then we have to pray. And I would say this, prayer is how we do the mission and how we discover the mission. We can't get in on God's mission unless we say, Lord, what's your mission? How do you want me to accomplish this mission, Lord? I will, I will stop doing it my way because I want to do it your way. Now, I have a mentor in blessing. I, do you have a mentor in blessing? I hope you do. I have a mentor in blessing. Uh, she is my dear wife. And uh, I would like her, I asked her this uh, week plus, to come up and share a bit of her story of the way she goes about what I've just talked about. So please give her a big round of applause. Thanks, honey. Hi, my name is Jill Kindall. I would love to share with you a few stories of my life of when I prayed for a divine appointment and God answered my prayers. About five years ago, God gave me two words to dive deep into, two small words with great significance. The words were trust and rest. Trust and rest. Trust and rest. What were they? Good. You see, it is when we fully trust God with our lives taking our hands off the steering wheel, that we can rest in knowing God is in control. Let me say that one more time. It is when we can fully trust God with our lives, taking our hands off the steering wheel, that we can rest in knowing God is in control. What an amazing gift that is. Do you see this picture of my hand? Well, a few years ago, God woke me in the middle of the night with a new word. This word was rely. I turned on my light, reached for a pen, and wrote that on my hand so that I wouldn't forget it in the morning. The word rely means depend on with full confidence. I am 100% confident that I can rely on God. These three powerful words... Trust, rest, and rely have been huge in my journey in sharing my faith with others. Trust, it's like you're driving a bus and now you've taken your hands off the steering wheel and you're letting God drive. Rest is like, ah, oh, you get to just rest. And rely is like you're falling back into a whole bunch of down pillows, okay? So we have trust. Let's do it together. Trust. Your hands are off the steering wheel. Rest. And rely. Ah. One more time. I'm going to watch you. Trust. Rest. And rely. There you go. You see, I begin each day with prayer. I pray every day for a divine appointment. It goes like this. God, use me today wherever I am to be a light and point others to you. Open my eyes so I can see. Open my ears so I can hear. I pray for a divine appointment with someone today. 
you might be thinking, well, sure, she can pray that way and good for her, but I just don't think I could ever be bold enough to do something like that. My response would be, oh, yes, you can. Step back, trust, rest, and rely, and God will work through you. Last February, we took a plane trip, and uh, we had a divine appointment. As we walked to the very rear of that plane, to the very last two seats available, we discovered that we were sitting next to a little girl. I whispered over to Brad and asked him to begin praying. It didn't take long to see that God had placed us there in the back of that plane with that little girl for a reason. You see, she was a foster child being flown to a new home and a new family. We had such a delightful time together. We laughed. We colored pictures. We shared stories. We shared our snacks. And she even shared one of her little headphones so that we could watch a little video together. Most importantly, I was able to share that God is crazy in love with her and that she has a heavenly father that would never leave her. What an amazing gift that was. A few weeks ago, I was walking into the grocery store. I passed a woman as I approached the entrance of the store, and suddenly my feet stopped me right in my tracks. I knew this was a divine appointment. I looked at the lady. Our eyes met. I saw pain in her eyes, and I sensed her heart was aching. I asked if everything was all right. And she said she had just flown in that morning from Chicago for a funeral. I said I was so sorry for her loss and asked if I could pray for her. The next moment was so beautiful. She wrapped her arms around me and with tears in her eyes, she said, yes, yes, pray. After I prayed, she said, God is so good. I needed that prayer today. I was just feeling so down. And oh, could you please pray for my knee? So we prayed. We continued to hug and smile and share scripture and encourage each other. What a blessed moment that was. Last week, I was going into a store to get an ink ink cartridge for my printer. I thought I had just enough time to run in and run out. But God had other plans. As I prepared to pay, the high school-aged employee behind the desk shared that she was working there for a summer job and she would soon be starting a different school in the fall. She continued to share about her life as if I were her best friend. She mentioned that she had been expelled from two previous schools, made poor choices in the past, and had given her mom a lot of pain and a lot of trouble. I was amazed at how open she was with me I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this divine appointment, but I guess I was. There was no one else behind me in line, so I prayed quietly that I would be bold, knowing that God has shown me what it is to trust, rest, and rely on him. I continued in our conversation and asked if she would like prayer for this new school year. And she said yes. I reminded her that she doesn't walk alone. That God would be by her side, at her side, and on her side. I believe we had a divine appointment that day. I left there thanking God for slowing me down to be available to listen and to be blessed by our beautiful conversation. You see, I'm just an ordinary person just like you. I'm just an ordinary person just like you. I'm an ordinary person that has allowed God to use me to do extraordinary things. And that gets me excited. I share these stories with you so you can be encouraged to experience this in your life as well. Do you remember those three words? All right. I encourage you today to begin praying that the Lord would spark a fire in your heart for prayer. It all begins with prayer.
So when you trust Restaurant Light, you go on this great adventure with God. And, and I found you actually go on a great adventure with Jill, too, because we'll, we'll be walking through a grocery store and I'll turn around. She's like praying for the guy, you know, stocking shelves. And so it, it's it truly is amazing. And uh, it's, it's so fun to see how God works. And it's actually very simple uh, in that moment to just boldly say, I'm going to do it. You know, I feel like I'd like to pray for you. It's so doable. Or, you know what? I sense you need some prayer. Can I, may I pray for you? I've never had someone say no. We're part of the blessing, aren't we? Now, if I'm, I really don't have anything more that you need to know, I have something I'd like you to do. And if you would, open your worship folder. There are two inserts in there. Take out the one that says bless on the cover. On the cover, you'll see that it lists the five missional practices. And then if you open it up, you'll see on the left side of the page, it says, turn to God. We've been talking about that. And then, then it says, create a prayer list. And on that prayer list, who's on the prayer list? Well, just, it's, it's simple. We have circles of influence. Those are our friends, our relatives, our acquaintances, our neighbors, our coworkers. And the real question for you right now is, is God laying any name upon your heart to pray for over these next many weeks so that you might be a part of God's blessing in their life. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask you to take the pen you were handed when you came in. I'm going to ask you to fill out identically both sides of the sheet with those names. And they, they just have to be first names. You can put last names if you want, but they, can just, they just need to be first names. And what you're going to do is you're going to fill out one side for yourself and fill out the other side and turn that in in just a moment. And we're going to use, as a staff, we'll be praying over those names. And then at home, you can be praying for those names. All right? So I'm going to be quiet and ask you to fill that out right now. As you, as you continue to do that, I'm just going to continue to talk just a little bit. So I hope the assignment is clear. Daily, daily, simply pray, God, use me to intentionally bless the people you've laid on my heart today. And then weekly, I'm going to encourage you to share those stories with the people in your world. Share them with your small group. Share them online with friends you know. Uh, share them with the people you live with. Uh, tell the story, giving praise to God, of how God is using you to bless others, to encourage others to be a part of the blessing. Now, before you, actually, if you're done with these, you can pass them to the center of the room. As you're doing so, I, I want to throw one more thing your way. What if along the way someone you know has questions about God, about the good news, about Jesus? Is there a place... Is there space here at Faith Covenant for them to come and wrestle with the big questions of faith? Well, there is. It's called Alpha, and Alpha is starting in just a couple of weeks. And to tell you a little bit about it, I'm going to ask you to watch this video. Oh, and while the video is playing, I'm going to ask Steve if you would collect those. Thank you.
If you would take out the second insert in your worship folder today, this alpha invite, this is for you and anyone in your world who has spiritual questions. What does an alpha evening look like? It looks like an absolutely free dinner on Wednesday, September 26th. and goes on from 10 weeks from there. An absolutely free dinner. And then there's a video about the essentials of Christianity. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? What does it mean to have faith? Why should I pray? Uh, well, why should I read the Bible? And a lot of you might be thinking, well, I know all that stuff. But then we get into who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And then we get into how do I resist evil? Does God still heal today? Why is there a church? I would like to encourage everyone in this room, everyone a part of Faith Covenant Church, to be a part of one of our Alpha sessions this over this next nine months. Maybe this first one is the one that you should be a part of. Or, and maybe you should invite someone in your circle of influence to come and join you in the investigative process of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and receive such great, amazing, good news. All right? Um, Steve, where are those cards? Would you bring those up here to me? Because what I'd like to do as we close is I would like to pray uh, for these names. I'm going to pray one by one. No, just kidding. (laughs) I saw a couple of people like, oh, no. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Let's pray. Oh, another one. Thank you. Awesome. And some more. Lord. We know there's, there, there aren't any names on these cards uh, that you didn't die for. You, you, pr- you died for each of these people so that they might become a part of your kingdom that is now and forever. Lord, we're so grateful for the gospel. We're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful that we're a part of the blessing. And I pray, holy God that you would use faith covenant and every church in our community and your church, the body of Christ worldwide, Lord, mobilize us, empower us with your spirit. May we, may we be given the faith to let you lead us in the great blessing that is the gospel. Lord, use us, mold us, shape us, help us see your divine appointments not only this week, but today. In your name we pray, amen. Well, we are about done. If you have a prayer need for anything and uh, you would like someone to pray for you, we'll have some people up front that would love to pray for you. Uh, We do have a congregational meeting, so just exit this room and keep on going if you're able to be a part of that congregational meeting. I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to close with this benediction. Hear this charge. Go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Proclaim the gospel where you live your life. Serve the Lord with gladness, with deeds that speak the language of blessing, love, and mercy. Mercy. We are sent in the power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. May the God who raised Jesus from the dead bless you. May the God to whom our Lord ascended make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the spirit who is the unity of love between the father and son grant you peace today and forevermore. Go and be a blessing. Go in peace. See you next week.